enjoy the, the friendly, passionate service of our staff, enjoy the food and the flavors and new creations of things that you might not have tried before, but also the experience, experience the love and the heart that has gone into this venue from from just from myself. It's the venue is an expression of myself, so I hope people receive it well. This is the Deep in the Weeds podcast. I'm Anthony Huckstep. Taking the traditions past on over generations and shining a new light on them can be tricky. You run the risk of offending all those that have come before you, but also risk losing the essence and soul of a cuisine too. Of course you can, if done right, not only open a new world of food to diners, but also celebrate the magic of your heritage. Andrew Duong is the owner of Miss Vans in Canberra, ACT. Andrew, how are you? Good, thanks. Thanks for having me on today. It's great to have you on the show. You're about to embark on a pretty incredible journey, which started in a shipping container. Uh, you're about to open Miss Vans in bricks and mortar. How are you feeling? Feeling great, mate. Feeling very excited. Uh, obviously feeling nervous and a bit anxious as all restaurants uh, things go. You can do a couple, you can do a few, you can be a hospitality professional and have opened up numerous venues, but there's always that little uh, fear and anxiousness that always exists with them. But overall, definitely excited, mate. Well, tell us a bit about the idea behind it. I know it reaches into your heritage. When, when did you first decide to embark on the journey of Miss Vans? The Miss Vans journey probably started when I was younger. Um, when I... I I went to uni from when I was 18, uh, first generation born Australian from Viet Lao parents. Um, the story's got a whole bunch of sort of steps from throughout our family history, but Miss Vans came along when I, when I was actually going through uni. Um, I did a degree, finished it, worked in hospitality throughout the time, and I always wanted to sort of stay in hospitality and do a restaurant. It was always my dream, and I realised that quite early on, but being a first generation born uh, Australian to refugee parents in Australia, the the university route and the the professional doctor or engineering sort of role was was uh, was was mandatory for me. Miss Van sort of came from my love of hospitality while I was at high school and college and university working hospitality. Then one day a little site popped up at Westside Container Village and Miss Van's street food version one was born. You mentioned the steps through your family history contributing to that creation. Take us back to, to when you were young and tell us about your family and the role that food played. The role of food in my family is huge. Um, when we were young, you know, we obviously grew up poor. We were, we were a refugee family. My parents emigrated to Australia in 1983. Um, my, my maternal side, my mother was born in Laos. My grandparents were all born in Vietnam and my father's side was all born in Vietnam. They escaped to Laos uh, because of the because of poverty and because of the war and then eventually went to Thailand and spent a few years there in refugee camp before coming to Australia in, in 83. Um, back in back in Laos in Vientiane where my mother was born, my grandmother and her used to push around a cart and sell bun mi bread. And when the yeah, and when they were in when they were in the refugee camps for a number of years, hustling bunmies and and local street fair in the refugee camps before coming over to Australia in 1983. So food's always been 
integral in our in our family. I guess it is the case for many multicultural families as well. Sitting around the dinner table, whether it's for whether it's Monday night dinner or special events like you know Lunar New Year or the Full Moon Festival or celebrating death anniversaries, was always a fun time because everyone sat down, everyone ate together, and you know you might not have much money or much belongings or whatever else, but there was always love, comfort, and just greatness at the family dinner table, and that's what sort of pushed me to to, to do hospitality and. I guess become a restaurateur, just the love of being able to present food, present drinks and having someone enjoy it and and be fulfilled from it. Can you tell us about some of the feasts that you had when you were young? Is, is there any standout dishes that were always part of, of those feasts? Yeah, of the Vietnamese, of the Vietnamese and the Lao and the Thai, look, you know, sticky rice and Lao sausage or northern Thai sausage with some jiao bong, tomato, salsa dip, some larp that's that's a fantastic meal for my for my childhood you've got fantastic learning new year dishes that are sort of very chinese influenced so your pork belly and eggs and coconut juice you've got your stuffed bit of melon soups rice dishes um and then yeah it's just it's just dinner meals family is just was just integral in my upbringing you briefly mentioned the sort of start of, of Miss Fans with the shipping container, but take us take us through that story of how did you pull it together having never run a, a, an establishment before? Look, I've, ever since I've been probably about 15, 16, I've, I've always worked in hospitality. Um, I've started off in kitchens, you know, went from dishes, became a waiter, became a restaurant supervisor, I've done restaurant management roles, done bar management roles, have worked in kitchens as a cook, as a chef. Miss Vans was a Miss Vans was a sort of a low risk entry into the hospitality industry for me. Um, it was a good tester and it was a two year project that turned out to do well. All throughout my uni uni years and even after finishing university, I I sort of dedicated myself to learning the hospitality craft by immersing myself in a number of venues, helping assist opening a number of venues and sort of just accumulating as much as much experience and information as I could. And we found an opportunity to, or I found an opportunity to open up a small street food van in a shipping container. And I guess that's all she wrote for the moment. What were you selling uh, in that uh, early on iteration and, and what sort of impact did it have on consumers? We, we were very simple. We operated out of a 40-foot shipping container. So we did Vietnamese banh mi uh, for beef noodle soups and sort of Vietnamese noodle bowls. We used to run weekly specials every week that rotated through the Thai, Viet and Lao flavors that we, we, were, we had great public feedback from everything and everyone, everyone loved the food. And we sort of became a little bit of a, I guess, a cult a cult sort of venue in Canberra. What do you think it was about that made it such a uh, give it gave it such cult status? I think it was food from the heart, Huck. It was it was food that I grew up, food that I enjoyed. It was it was flavors that was true to what the food was, and it was it was authentic. Yeah, it, it's it's it comes from love. It comes from the heart. You went on to do a couple of restaurants with um, some other young professionals in Canberra with Lazy Sue. Uh, tell us about how that that started. 
So I finished up towards the end of my tenure at the shipping container village. I, I'd, used, I'd known some friends from the industry for a while, one that I'd worked with at many venues and two others that I knew just from working in, in venues in the city. We sat down one day and we had a meeting and we sort of came together as a group of minds. We had some ideas together to to do a restaurant, to do a bar and what came out of that was, was Lazy Sue. And then we had a lot of ideas and a lot of brainstorming from the, the I guess, the, the development of the Lazy Sue restaurants. And then that's led to the Baby Sue opening a couple of years later. What was the offering there? Lazy Sue was our modern take on... Japanese Korean, more of a sort of a more of a, I wouldn't say so much formal, but a fun, casual, Lonsdale Street and Braddon dinner restaurant, lunch restaurant with a bar, and our baby Sue venue was more catered towards the the quick service lunch market that surrounds the area. The last year and a half has been challenging for many, and during that time, you decided to um, sell your shares in in Lazy Sue and ba- Baby Sue and focus on um, Miss Fans. What, what what drove that decision, and, and what sort of impact has the last year and a half had on you? The decision to move off from the Lazy Sue and Baby Sue businesses and move to Miss Vans was I I always had it was always in my heart and my intention, and it was known to my my business partners at the time at Lazy Sue and Baby Sue that. I was always going to go off and do Miss Vans. Um, it was just at a point of time. I got to a point. I reached a point of time in my life that I was ready. To, that I was ready to do it, and I decided to take the risk and jump out and pursue this business. The timing of my choice is probably, in hindsight, not the greatest thing that I ever that I've ever done. Um, to be honest with you, um, I'm trying not to swear or cry here, but um, but. Yeah, it was difficult. The last year and a half has been difficult. Um, but look, if you can if you can run some businesses, I guess reasonably, which we did with Lazy Sue and Baby Sue during COVID, and if I can open up this restaurant and build it during COVID, open it up and sort of sustain it for a while, then that's just going to be testament to me that it's you know my my training and what I've done for the past 15, 20 years is, um, I guess, validated, Fuck. You mentioned that it's been really challenging and the timing probably wasn't right. What have, what have been the main hurdles and challenges for you that you've overcome during this time? Um, look, my own personal hurdles, my, my mental health has taken a big hit in this past year and a half. Um, I've, look, I'll, I'll be honest with you, I've... I've been on antidepressants for you know portions of my life, and I've been back on them recently, and I'm feeling much, much better in my. I feel a lot of clarity in my head. Um, I think the mental health discussion in the hospitality industry is something that's been very sort of. It's been hidden and it's been sort of pushed under the rug for so many years, and there are so many people that are sort of advocating for the mental health of of workers and owners in this industry, and. I've, I've sort of accepted that, especially in the last year and a half, and yeah, that's that definitely helps me to um, to clear my mind and to to get myself ready to to open up a restaurant during during COVID. In terms of in terms of the business, building a restaurant and finding staff and even getting basic supplies such as construction supplies, it's been it's been quite difficult, but we're nearly there. 
What would you say to anyone in the industry that's struggling out there with their own mental health issues at the moment? Reach out, reach out, reach out to your family, reach out to your friends, reach out to your GP, start some meditation, take care of your mind, take care of your body, just talk, Mm. just find someone that you trust um, and talk, even if it's just one minute a day, if it's an hour a week, whatever you can do, just just find the time for yourself and, and talk to someone. You've been uh, taking a deep dive into your heritage and exploring recipes uh, through your family for this uh, for this new opening. What's what's that been like for you? It's been fun. It's we've we've sort of moved away with this new Miss Van's iteration from the street food venue that was at the Westside Village. This this new restaurant is definitely a um, it's a culmination of my my heritage, my family history the flavors that I grew up with, but also what I've, what I've learned in the industry and what restaurants I've sort of become, I've come to, to love and to idolize, whether it's in Canberra or Melbourne or, or overseas. And this, the testing and the, the research for this new venue has been fun because we've been able to take sort of memories, memories and traditional flavors, but match them into a, something fun and exciting which i won't give away too much of what the restaurant will be but it's been fun it's 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 this new restaurant is is true to myself the andrew that is the you know the the son of refugees um the vietnamese lao boy but it's also an homage to the andrew that's been in the hospitality industry for you know 15 20 years and that loves to go and eat out at some of these fantastic modern new australian restaurants has it been hard trying to strike a balance there of honouring the heritage and, and sort of bringing them into a new light? It is. It is. It's the, the biggest litmus test for this is, is obviously my, my grandmother. Um, if she comes in and if she has one, if she tastes one of my dishes and gives me the thumbs up, that's, that's all. I, that's, that's literally all I need. Um, but I think we're on a very good path. A lot of flavours that, you won't see around in sort of traditional or modern iterations of Viet Thai or Lao restaurants, but definitely flavors that, I mean, I've, I've tried some dishes over the past week and they've just invoked memories and emotions of a very specific time in my life where I've had a dish that's been cooked by mum or nan and the flavors are there. You mentioned, uh, your mother and grandmother making banh mi um, for a long time in um, many decades ago. Um, what, what makes a great banh mi without giving away too many secrets? A great banh mi starts with good bread. You need a proper Vietnamese banh mi roll. Good bread, good fillings. Your pickles need to have a nice balance of, you know, predominantly sugar, a bit of salt, a bit of acid. Fresh herbs are a must. And then the fillings are... The fillings are really up to you. I like, I like the pork roll. That's my classic. Um, we used to do our vegetarian with a lemongrass and tofu. That was a classic that I enjoy. Bun mi's are bun mi's are much like everyday sandwiches that every culture has. It comes down to how you do yours. Um, we'll do ours in a sort of very with a modern take with this new venue. But our delicious our our bun mi's um, I think will be quite well received. You found uh, bricks and mortar. Um, 
How did you decide on on the site and what's it been like pulling it together? I decided on the site. Um, I knew the landlord. Um, I think one thing I've learned from business ownership is that having a good landlord saves you a lot of time down the road. Um, I found this nice little site here that faces well onto the street. It's a good size. We've got a good size kitchen. We've got a good size back of house area. Also got enough seating to sort of make business worthwhile within the area. Yep. What's some of the positives that you can take out of the sort of challenges that you've had in the last year and a half as you approach uh, the opening? Look, the the challenges that I've had in the last year and a half are up there with some of the worst or sorry, the biggest challenges I've had in my life. Um, I've reached I've reached some of the lowest lows of of my life within this last year and a half, especially this last six months. Um, I'm I'm still here, so everything that's everything that I've gone through in this this last period, um, it, I don't think it can get any worse. And from my perspective, the only way from here is up. One of the interesting things in the build-up to this opening is the pop-ups that you've done to sort of generate um, that cult status again. Is there, is there any that you can tell us about um, that, that really stood out for you? Well, the two pop-ups mainly, we did a, a sort of a simple street food pop-up at Church Neighbourhood Goods over in the Melbourne building. That was sort of an, an event to sort of showcase what we used to do at the shipping container. We did another second event, which was more of a formal Sunday long lunch at our friend uh, Kid McDonald's restaurant, Ondine in Deakin, and that was a that was a sort of a more very very formal um, collaboration between myself and him. It was a tester of what Miss Vans was and a sort of a a work in progress of what Miss Vans will be. Will the new restaurant will fit somewhere in between? sort of what those two events were. What is it about the hospitality sector that, that drew you in and, and and why you love it so much? The customer service and the customer interaction is definitely what I I love doing. Um, the, the time that I've spent within inside kitchens, in the back of house, I've always craved to be back on the floor and serving and talking to customers. But hospitality and I guess entrepreneurship and business ownership to a certain extent that's been developed for me since a very young age that sort of just impacted me and pushed me towards this path that I've just decided to take in my life what do you hope that people of Canberra experience when they come to the new venue just enjoyment just enjoyment in all forms um come in enjoy the venue enjoy what we've built the, the look the look and the design of the venue enjoy the the friendly, passionate service of our staff. Enjoy the food and the flavours and the new creations of things that you might have tried before, but also the experience, experience the love and the heart that has gone into this venue from from just from myself. It's The venue is an expression of myself, so I hope people receive it well. What are you, what are you looking forward to once the, the doors open? I look forward to seeing just Canberra faces. I just I, We've gone... Our world and our city's gone through a pretty tough time, so I'd love I'd love people in, bums on seats, smiling. That's that's all I'd like to see at the end of the day. Well, it's not long until you you do open the doors, Andrew, and we've loved uh, having you on Deep in the Weeds today to hear your story. Uh, good luck with the opening. No doubt it'll be a hit. Um, please keep in touch, and we'll catch up again soon. Absolute pleasure, Huck, and thank you for having me again. This is the Deep in the Weeds podcast. 
I'm Anthony Huckstep. Stay tuned as we take a deep dive into the lives of the incredible people who ply their trade in the food and hospitality sector. Special thanks to executive producer Rob Locke for making this all happen. Follow us on Instagram at Deep in the Weeds Podcast or email us at podcast at deepintheweeds.com.au. Stay safe and be well.